0: Hi, this is Kristen Williams, and you're listening to UMass Women's Basketball on 91.1 WMUA.
1: Welcome to the 91.1 WMUA UMass Women's Basketball Show brought to you by the Quarters. Josh Schreiber here alongside Andrew White, and today we have the debut of of the UMass Women's Basketball Coaches Show. We've got head coach Mike Leffler. We've got director of player development and former player Jess George here with us. Super excited to get started. We are going to start, though, with the new head coach, the 12th head coach in UMass Women's Basketball history. Uh, Coach who's been in the game for 20-plus years now and found his way into the umass head coaching role so super excited to have you mike and i mean let's get started how was i mean the transition from you know assistant coach to associate head coach to now being head coach here at umass how has it all been
2: uh it's been awesome live from the student union here thanks uh josh thanks andrew for putting this together really excited to be able to do this for our fans for our season ticket holders i know we're on campus today but uh, future shows over at the quarters, oh, yeah. which my family and I love going to, and hopefully we'll be there um, having some post game celebrations this year. Uh, it's been an awesome experience, um, you know, from day one when I got the head coaching position. I tell a lot of people that for me, um, I'm really the same person as I was for the last 21 years. I think I've been really fortunate to have a big hand in you know, all aspects of every pro- program I've ever worked with, um, ever touched. And I'm able to do that now. And it's been an exciting time for me to see our program grow and evolve in this short time. Yeah. And I mean, in this transition,
1: were there any parts of it that you weren't really anticipating that, um, you know, you, you knew what, obviously you knew what you were getting into, but with a whole, having to bring in a whole new staff, a whole new, pretty much, roster with the exception of three players, um, was there anything other than that that you, I guess, weren't
2: anticipating? Uh, honestly, no. I think I was really 100% prepared um, for everything that comes with the position. I've enjoyed the heck out of all of it. Um, the basketball, the on-court basketball, is such a small piece, but you know, interacting with donors, connecting with alums, um, just making people feel really, really good about what UMass basketball stands for. I've really enjoyed that. Um, you know, when I first took over the position, yes, you know, had to fill a staff and and really had to um, fill a roster. And the person to my right here in studio, Jess George, um, our director of player development. Uh, was a huge asset during that transition. Sarah Shaw, our video coordinator, um, Jess, Sarah, and I really just rolled up our sleeves and got to work for probably a month straight, Um, again, entertaining transfers, solidifying our freshman commitments. And looking back, it was a lot of work, but while I was going through it, um, it was a lot of fun because, again, I was making the program my own, and in connecting with people who we were looking to bring into the program they were attracted to umass because the things that that i was talking about and the things jess and sarah were talking about um, about where our program has been and where it's going
3: and you know part of the small aspect of the on-court stuff you were able to take that international trip to croatia after you filled out the whole team how important Was that trip, you know, to see the team playing competitively and especially with all that extra time to be able to coach and teach the new players things when typically if you don't have that international trip, it's kind of exhibition and then just get into the regular season.
2: Yeah, it was so, so important. And I think it was a big part of our recruiting process as well. You know, just attracting transfers um, and even attracting our two grad transfers, you know, Bree Bellamy from William & Mary and Tori Hyduke from Drexel. And they have one year left. And, you know, I did talk about going to Croatia in August was a selling point for both of those guys to join our program. So I think it was a selling point for us in recruiting. And then practically, yes, Andrew, being on the court, um, really having our first practices, my first practice as a head coach, um, obviously a new coaching staff, our first practices together, A brand new team. Um, there was a lot of teaching and learning and, and, um, having, having the opportunity to do that, to come together in August where there's less urgency, you know, that November first game date is, is a lot farther away in August than it is now. Um, so I think we were able to almost ease in to, uh, to our first practices, which was a great thing for our team.
1: Yeah. And Going back to that recruitment process that you had, obviously had to fill out, what was it, I think there were eight, nine new players that you guys brought in for this ten new players you guys (laughs) brought in for the new season. Um, In that recruiting pitch, is it like, hey, this has been a very successful program, we're looking to continue that success? Is it more, um, you know, rebuilding? Uh, trying to find our new Sam Breen, our new Destiny Philoxy, our new Sydney uh, Taylor, etc. What what was that recruiting
2: pitch to get these new players to come in? Well, I think our players are transfers, even the the incoming freshmen. Um, freshmen, we were able to gain commitments from. Freshmen, we were able to keep commitments from. Um, they had known UMass as a you know, a brand we've been successful the past few years, but it wasn't about comparing, you know, the players from the past. It was yeah. like, Hey, this is where we really, our program was very strong the past two, three years. Um, this is where I see how we can evolve, where we can involve. Um, and this is where, and I, I, was pretty direct and really specific with our players and our, our incoming 10 new, um, student athletes. Like this is where I see you fitting. Um, This is how I'm going to run the program. This is what UMass basketball is going to be all about. And we'd love to have you aboard. If I didn't want to have you aboard, you know, we wouldn't be here in the recruiting process. And I was really excited about one through 10, all 10. um, I think add value to our roster, add value to our team on and off the court. I think they embrace all of UMass was a big selling point for me. Um, We were hugely successful on the court. Um, and I think we missed in some areas too, you know, I, this is such a great campus. Uh, so much of our student body appreciates, connects with Amherst and each other. You know, I think our student athletes in the past, as good as we were on the court, it, it became about whatever happened on the court only. And I just want to open our players' eyes to you know there's so much of a life outside of basketball and, and we can be good at a lot of things right you know you don't just because you're doing really really well academically or you have friends outside of the team or outside of athletics it doesn't mean you can you're not going to become the best player you can be um, and I really want our student athletes to have that entire UMass experience it's something I push and encourage talk about in the recruiting process. And I feel like myself. I feel like our staff have lived that in the last four or five months, and I'm really proud of that.
3: And in building the new roster, it seems that you have a, a pretty wide distribution of classes: a couple of grad students, a couple of seniors, juniors, all the way down to freshmen. Was there a conceded effort to bring in players of different classes, or it just kind of end up that way? So. If if so, did you try to build a foundation that could potentially stay in year after year and kind of build into that new
2: culture? Well, I think initially, maybe the first week or two is really about amassing as much talent as possible. You know, really finding out who I think would be a fit for the style of play, the way we play, and, and certainly getting to know the uh, student athletes that we recruited. And then as we did gain commitments, it became more about, yes, roster management. So where classes, where individuals fit in classes. Um, you know, I told most of our team, and especially our freshmen, you know, I was, I don't want to say nervous, but I was uncertain, you know, who are our leaders going to be? Because there was a leadership vacuum. You know, we had so many experienced players depart uh, via graduation you know, Sam Breen and Destiny Filoxi, or the transfer portal. And that's why recruiting Tori Hajduk, recruiting Bree Bellamy, two hard workers, two players from successful programs, two players that I talked a lot about, like having an impact on their teammates this year and leaving a legacy. You know, I think they really bought into that and are buying into that. So it was important for me to have a couple grad transfers that can set a great example Uh, for our freshmen. Yes, but for our entire team and Bree and Tori are doing a great job of that. So um, those two grad transfer pieces were, were hugely important for me personally for our team. And then yes, absolutely having, uh, you know, having some roster management and spreading, spread newcomers in each class.
1: And I want to go back to the message you had in your I guess recruiting pitch, but also just with the players now of you know getting to know people on campus, getting to know Amherst as a um, as a school campus but also as a town as a whole. Um, I think it's obviously a very important conversation to have, a very important mindset, especially now with you know we're seeing all the the conference realignment stuff of um, worrying about student athletes mental health and all that stuff. Have you noticed, with this mindset the players or your student athletes do they have you know more of a desire to you know not just go to practice but hang out with each other outside of practice um just being more be more involved on campus um and in general just like
2: yeah there's i can answer that a couple ways there's certainly i mean in the recruiting process there's the players that we have on our team currently, I think there's a willingness, mm-hmm. an openness to, to get involved. Yeah. Um, you know, we're a much more extroverted team. Not that mm-hmm. everyone is extroverted, but I think there's a willingness and openness to get involved on campus, um, to seek out opportunities outside athletics. And I do. I think it's important for our girls to get out of the gym once in a while. It is good for their mental health you know, whether having great days or or a tough day on the court, you know, go hang out with some friends outside of basketball. And they might even forget that you play basketball. So it might be that that practice might be the most important thing in the world to you. But for your four friends, um, you know, that's not going to be their topic of conversation with you. I don't want that practice or your, your, you know, your athletics, what you do on the court to necessarily define you. So I think there's a willingness more from, our players' end. I think there's a willingness more from our staffs, end. and I mean that is our message to get involved. And um, you know, this this team we have 13 players on our team. Five live off campus, eight live on on campus, and I think there's a diversity in experience in that regard too. And I'm really excited about. You know, that's not something we've seen in the past, um, and that is important for me. And I think if I can continue to focus on those things the experience um the bonds that they form pushing people out of their comfort zone i think the winning and the success on the court will take care of itself and i firmly believe that and i'm excited that you know that's that's been my message pretty consistently for the past five months
1: awesome so i think that will conclude our first segment with head coach mike leffler when we come back we're going to talk to jess george and we'll have uh Coach Leffler right back again to talk about a little bit more of the season and what the team's identity will be. But stay tuned. You're listening to 91.1, the official radio network of UMass Women's Basketball need to know how to cite a journal article, find a book, make a 3D print,
3: want to put your hands on an artifact,
1: or borrow a video camera,
3: or perhaps grab a cup of hot coffee and scroll away in the stacks. Good good news, the the library library is open. open. You can visit library.umass.edu to access services and resources around the clock. If you've got questions, just ask ask us by using the button on the library's homepage, which takes you to the most frequently asked questions. Answered. Answered.
1: WMUA is on social media. If you want to stay up to date on the latest news from the radio voice of UMass Amherst, like us on Facebook, WMUA 91.1 FM. Our Twitter and Instagram is also full of great content. Follow both at WMUA. For exclusive footage at our events and a behind-the-scenes look at our studios, follow us on Snapchat. Our username is WMUA FM. That's WMUA 91.1 FM on Facebook, at WMUA on both Twitter and Instagram, and WMUA FM on Snapchat. Snapchat.
2: Hello, it's me, the designer jeans in the back of your closet. What happened to us? I used to summer in the Hamptons, and now I'm stuck behind a pair of sweats. Okay, maybe I never really fit you right, but I got a lot more Sunday Fundays left in me. So take me to Goodwill, where I can really make a difference. Your donations to Goodwill create jobs, training programs, and education assistance for people in your community. To find your nearest donation center, go to goodwill.org donate stuff create jobs a message from goodwill and the ad council
0: hi it's Lily ferguson and you're listening to wmua 91.1 fm amherst the official radio network of umass women's basketball
1: they're playing basketball we love that basketball Welcome back to 91.1 WMUA, the women's basketball show, and the first coaches show in WMUA women's basketball show history. Uh, This is brought to you by The Quarters, which is located just off Route 9 on the bike trail in Hadley. The Quarters offers a limited arcade play on 25 vintage games, along with a full food menu and bar. Weekly events include trivia, karaoke, and weekend morning cereal buffet and cartoons. The Quarters also offers private events. This fall, the Quarters will be adding a second room with over 15 new games, and the Quarters is online at HadleyQuarters.com and on Instagram and Facebook. This coaches show will be hosted at the Quarters for probably the majority of our shows throughout the season, just getting going here uh, with the very first one, but... Now we are joined by the current director of player development, Jess George. Jess was a former UMass basketball player here, uh, transitioned into uh, the scout director of scouting and video, then went to director of basketball operations for two years, now into your new role. And Jess, how has the new role, new role been for you? How has it been just not so much focus on the basketball operations side of things and more on player development it's been great actually
0: um i think because i've I've gotten the chance to be um, more involved on the court and more involved in practices and coaches discussions and stuff like that i think it's been very exciting for me i still am obviously learning a lot as i'm going through the role But um, it's definitely like a breath of fresh air to not have to worry about the operational uh, Mm -hmm. aspect of it. So it's been nice. It's been, like I said, very exciting.
3: And how has being a former student athlete at UMass helped you adjust to your different roles with the team as as well as build relationships with the actual players on the court currently?
0: Yeah, so obviously being a player here, I've been trying to just get to know our players more so on a personal level. Um, for us obviously we have a whole new team so I've had to not only get to know them on a personal level but also help them as far as basketball goes and just letting them know like hey I've been in your shoes before not only as a college athlete but a college athlete at UMass Mm -hmm. Um, and I think a lot of them um, before was like oh okay like she's just a recent player but they don't like really think about it in depth and like kind of realize like what I have been through and like what I can give insight on and stuff like that so I think it's been nice for me to kind of be able to help them in that aspect and kind of just, like, talk to them through it and just pick their brains on kind of, like, what their goals are and whether it's individual or as a team. And um, I think, like, over the course of the last few months, we've definitely been able to do that. Um, But, yeah, it's been really good. They're all really good kids. And I think that, for me, I see, like, myself and a few of them just coming coming up through college and um, especially with, like, the younger ones, just kind of seeing, like, you know, maybe they're confident on the court or maybe confident outside of that and confident like in school and stuff so it's kind of it's been very um good to see the differences and the personalities and kind of like trying to piece together different things to kind of get to know them and then them get to know me and yeah it's been a good experience so far
1: i guess a question we probably should have started off with was As director of player development, Mm. what exactly does that entail for you? Because I know it's a new position here. Um, You've worn a bunch of different hats. Yeah. And you said, like, getting to know the players on a personal level. What does Mm. that mean for, like, during practices, during games? Mm. Um, Yeah. Yeah,
0: Yeah, I think the easiest way for me to explain it is I'm basically an assistant coach just without Mm. the assistant coach title. So um, I can basically like I said just getting more involved in the practices and like the um our pre-practice plans for like the coaching staff the only thing I can't do obviously is off campus recruiting but yeah. Um um before we hired our assistants I actually got the chance to do that mm-hmm. um which was really nice and it was a, a learning experience for me just to see how how that worked out for <laughs> for coaches <Yeah>. and just <laughs> recruiting is a is a uh is a very uh, interesting <laughs> thing to do but um it was good for me to like learn that and apply like my knowledge towards like um what we're looking for as for as far as our program and what we kind of like want our um, our future kids to kind of embody and I think for this year, um, like I said, I've just been kind of like trying to talk to them more, um, kind of get them to learn our plays more because, like I said, it is a whole new team. So it's just a matter of everybody kind of like figuring things out together. And I'm just there kind of just trying yeah. to keep them together and keep them confident.
1: Um, I I guess more on the recruiting side of things. Mm. Was that your first time going on a recruiting trip? I really I guess really being involved in recruiting since you were recruited as a player?
0: Yeah, I actually went twice. I went um back in April. Mm-hmm. That was my first time ever. It was it was a good yeah. experience. <laughs> it was funny because it was um, I was there obviously for the weekend and I was there by myself, so I was like, okay, like I got a <laughs> hang of stuff. And I saw um, a few coaches that I knew either playing or that I've either played for, which was a nice experience to kind of for them to see me on the other end of things versus right. like uh, being out there on the court. And it actually gave me nostalgia because I was like, okay, like <laughs> last time I was here, I was on the court. Yeah. So um, it was a good experience to kind of like see the difference in being on the court versus coaching and kind of you know keeping connections with the fellow coaches there that i did know and just getting like a feel of what the recruiting lifestyle is like and like being on the road for a few days and the the hours are long but i mean i think that with the recruiting um with the recruiting trips that i did go on i was able to learn a lot so for me it was it was very exciting to go on
1: do you think being a former player and then going into recruiting kind of helps you with that just because you know you know what you would have wanted at that point and kind of able to give that to new recruits
0: yeah definitely i think that like the things that i was looking for was stuff that like i i was able to like kind of think back on that um that i went through through my recruiting process when i was a player so i think as a coach being there it was able to it was definitely easier to kind of like go through the days and you know kind of keep an eye out for what we were looking for and yeah You know just having a better idea of like what our program will look like in the future
3: and since you've been on both sides now kind of of coaching and also i guess the the business side of college athletics is is coaching something you really want to pursue or is it or would you like to kind of stay on the business side now kind of since you've seen both sides, especially as a player?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, coaching is definitely um, something that I've wanted to get into for quite a while now. Um, I think I've been playing basketball since I was like five. So um, I always told myself, like, once the ball stops rolling, I definitely want to coach because in my eyes, it's a way of giving back to the community and, like, bringing kids up to, like, the same way that I was brought up. So I think that's, like, what the most... Like the most exciting thing about basketball was for me was coaching outside of playing, and so um, everything that I've done these last few years is to try to get myself to that to that goal of coaching and um, try to build as much knowledge as I can and build as much confidence as I as I can in that field. And it's been a grind, but I think the grind is very exciting for me. And I think that because I am learning more and more each year, I think that the sky is like there's, yeah. there's no there's no ceiling for me actually. So it's just like something that um continues to excite me and is something that i continue to work for
1: and you played briefly at umass with coach leffler as one of your coaches can you talk about how you know he helped you obviously it's tough with him sitting right next to you but <laughs> how he kind of helped you as it's in your development as a player and a person and now as a staff member
0: yeah i think one of the earliest conversations that I can ever like remember of me and Coach Leffler talking when I was a player was us was talking about goals. And it wasn't even like indiv- it wasn't even team goals. It was more so individualized. And so from then on, it was him kind of just figuring out how he can help me reach those individual goals. And um, it was my senior year when when he was on the staff. So obviously my last year being there and his first year being there, it was. A lot of learning to do as far as, like, his coaching style and um, my playing style. But I think him being my position coach and us having that time to kind of, like, bond as a coach and player, I think that definitely helped as far as, like, our relationship goes. And I think that um, everything that he kind of values was the same thing that I valued, like, family is a big one. And... Um, just like me enjoying my um, college experience was another big one. And he was about both of those things when, when um, I was a player and he still is, which um, it it speaks to his character. And I think that I think I like, it was just easy enough for us to kind of like get on that path and him help me to get where I am today.
1: Mm -hmm. And you talk about goals. What would you say some of whether it's your personal goals this year for UMass or just goals for the team, goals for mm-hmm. some of the players you're looking out for, mm-hmm. any general goals?
0: Yeah. Um, I think personally for me is just continue to like expand my knowledge in the game and expand in, expanding my um, confidence in coaching because, I, I mean, everyone knows me. I'm more quiet, and I kind of st- like to stay to myself, and I think that coaching is kind of getting me out of that shell and so, my like constant goal is just to keep getting further out of that shell and kind of getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, and then, as far as the team goes, um, I just like my biggest goal for us is to learn how to stay together even through the challenges, because you know, basketball goes year round for us, so, and we're a lot uh, we're together a lot of the time, so I feel like, for me, our biggest goal is just keeping keeping everyone together and keeping everyone's eyes on like the main focus, which is doing, bringing our best and doing our best each and every day.
1: And I want to bring it back a little bit before we end this segment, but going back to your playing days here at UMass, do you have a specific moment or a specific game <laughs> that really sticks out to you?
0: My playing days, I think <laughs> I have two that come up. Um, My first one is our game versus Marist. We played there at Marist. Um, and the reason why it comes up to me is because I was like, <laughs> I was very sick during that game. Yeah. And it's like funny because watching it back is like you can't really tell how sick I was because I just kind of like pushed through it at that moment. But it was just the reason why it comes up is like a, a core memory for me is because it was a packed gym. It was a tight game. Um, from beginning to end and just like the fourth quarter the excitement in the gym of us like when we finally kind of got on top and like kept the lead it was nice for it was nice for me because one i kind of like the closed gyms better because i feel like i don't know like something about that environment is just is so it's great so for me i feel like that game was one of my best career games when i was here and it's just one of those games that I'll always remember just how I played, obviously, and then how our team really came through and finished at the end. But, yeah.
1: Yeah, 22 points in that game. I just <laughs> found that box yeah. score real quick. No turnovers, too, which <laughs> I bet the coaches and I guess Coach Verdi at that point was probably pretty happy yeah. about that part. So <laughs> was the second game?
0: The second game was um, our St. Louis game when we played at home. I think it was one of our playoff games. It was one of those nail-biter games, yeah. too, for us, and... Um, I think the same thing uh, similar to Maris' game. I think, like, we really just came together as a team. And it was one of those, like, both of those games are just two games that are, like, forever etched into my brain. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: All right. Good stuff. Thank you so much, Jess, for joining us. Of we got another segment coming up more, talking more about the start of the season coming up and the team's identity. We'll be right back. You're listening to 91.1 WMUA. Oh, you made toast. I
3: did, except it's kind of stuck. I'm gonna get some silverware to get it out. Wait, you can't! Why not? Toasters use electricity for their heating components. If you put a fork or something in one, it could shock you to death. Wow. The more you know. Don't
2: put your fork in the toaster. Don't put your fork in the toaster. Don't put your fork
3: in the toaster, or you'll die.
1: People join Walk MS to raise awareness and funds that change the world for everyone affected by multiple sclerosis. Walk MS brings communities together, creating teams with friends, loved ones, and co-workers to rally around those we care about and end MS forever. Together, we can change the world for people with MS. Register today at walkms.org. Will you be an angel for a helpless worm? Every day, worms are left stranded and neglected on the pavement in harm's way.
2: You can help rescue these worms from danger by moving them back onto the grass. You can give these worms a second chance. Right now, there's a worm on the concrete that needs you.
1: Hi, this is Steph Collegia of the UMass Women's Basketball Team. WMUA Sports has you covered for all your Minute Women basketball. Welcome back to 91.1 WMUA, your home for UMass Women's Basketball. Josh Schreiber joined by Andrew White. And, of course, head coach Mike Leffler and Jess George are here in the building for the first ever coaches show. And but when we went to break, Coach Leffler, you wanted to talk a little bit about that Maris game that, uh, that Jess brought up there. What, what specific memories stuck out to you about
2: that game? Yeah, Jess picked, uh, you know, she had kind of two games that she always remembers from her senior year. Obviously, it was my first year here on staff. And the Marist game um, certainly probably is the one that sticks out the most my first year here um, as well. And Jess had uh, played a huge role in our victory. You know, we had struggled at that point. In the season It was our first game after the, the Christmas the holiday break, and we had struggled. We've been really up and down up to that point. We had a, a tough loss at home to UMass Lowell. Um, going into the to the Christmas break. And, you know, back at that time when I got here, um, we played a lot of zone. UMass played a lot of zone and ran dribble drive. Um, and when I got the job on staff, you know, I when I spoke to Torrey then, you know, in the interview process, and I didn't know Torrey, but I was like, we, we can't play all zone. Like, I can't come here if we're going to play all zone. I, we have to at least play some man-to-man defense. And and then, um you know, it took a while for the staff to kind of get on board with the way I wanted to play and the vision that I had for our defense. And then midway through, you know, those first, I, I don't want to say midway through, but probably early December, I, I said, hey, we have to get out of dribble drive. We just have to run some more of a continuity offense. I think it just suits our team better. And Tori and I met a few times over the Christmas break. And, um, you know, he he again. As I said at my press conference, he always gave me a lot of great freedom uh, to put my fingerprints on the program, and kind of came back from the Christmas break running a ball screen motion, playing a lot more man. And when you win at Marist, people in the women's basketball world know what what that victory means. Again, as Jess said, it was a packed house, at Marist. Um, for for a solid decade was almost like the Gonzaga of the women's side. Just such a strong mid-major perennial uh, NCAA tournament team. And for us to go in there and win with a game plan and a new style of play, I felt like it validated my being here, honestly. And after that Marist game, I was like, you know what? I don't know how many years it's going to take, but we're... like we just started, you know, this is, this is step one of us becoming a really, really good program. Um, because now I felt like we were playing the right way. We were talking about the right things. We were working on the right things and we just went to Marist one. And I think that validates the things I was talking about for our players and for our coaching staff. And, and that was kind of the day where I felt like my fingerprints really, um, started to, to be all over this program and Jess had a huge hand in that so I remember that game too and very well Jess and it was an awesome experience
1: yeah and I mean it didn't take very long after that to really start to see that success build what was it the next season or two seasons later you guys went to the A-10 championship game
2: yeah the next season we won 20 games and again Jess had graduated and, and really when I got here my goal and my goal every year is to have those seniors or you know now the grad transfers have a great leave here with a great taste in their mouth you know that was my goal for Jess for Henesis Rivera uh, for Mackenzie Sullivan during my first year here and to see Haley Liddell and Vash Perry step in and have some senior ownership you know they helped us achieve 20 wins and from then on yes the following year was the A-10 championship game and then obviously winning it um, two years ago and making it the championship game a third year in a row so it all started honestly back um For me, during that holiday break, uh, during Jess's senior year, when we really Tori and I sat down and made a concerted effort to to really change our identity or or make our identity fit our personnel more. Yeah,
1: and you talk about that team identity. We've seen the past three years, I think, specifically with pretty much the same starting five. Call it starting six or seven with the Savage Seven. Uh, with adding in Steph Kuleja and uh, McKenna White in there as well, but obviously, completely different roster, completely different starting five. Is there going to be a shift in the team's identity or is it going to be more of the same with different personnel? Or is that kind of still up in the air and trying to figure out?
2: Well, I think, you know, we've always been a very hard-working team and always been a prepared team, and that Will always be who we are on the court, and that's never going to change. I think the last two years, especially, we were by far the most talented team in the A10, and we were able to win that way. And I think that's great. And you have years where where things come together from a recruiting piece, from a player development piece, where you do have the most talent um, in the league. I even if you do have the most talent in the league, I don't want to. I don't want our teams to be defined by that. You know, I'd rather hear. People describe us as the most vocal or the hardest working yeah. um, or the most prepared. So I think the preparedness piece um, and again the hard working piece will always be. And I talk to our players about three things every day being competitive, being vocal, and being together. And that's that's how I want our program to be defined on the court. You know, making or missing a shot um, isn't going to define you as a player. Playing three minutes a game or 33 minutes a game. I don't want that to define you as a player. Again, if we can be the most competitive, vocal, and together team on the court every single day at practice, it it will carry over to the games. And and that's who I want our team to be. And that's when fans watch us play. I want them leaving thinking that. Um, This past weekend, we had a family open practice on Saturday. We probably had 30 to 40 Parents, aunts, uncles, friends in the gym for practice. And a lot of them came up to me and said, Wow, does your team talk? I mean, That's great feedback. You know, and we mm-hmm. had the same thing on Sunday. We had a, a pretty big underclassman day and 60, 70 people in the gym. And I think people walked away saying, Well, I might not knew, know the players and there are new faces, but wow, does, does UMass really talk? and were they really connected for that hour and a half or two hours on the court. And that's, that's what we're all about.
3: And kind of going off of that, and you've talked about the grad transfers, Brie Bellamy and Torrey Hyduke being kind of leaders on the team. Has any other player really stepped into that leadership and very
2: vocal role on the team so far? Honestly, everyone's done a great job being vocal. Um, And I think for me, you know, I, I used the word leadership earlier more for an example. You know, I need our players to have examples to look to, um, especially our freshmen, like what is college basketball about? How am I supposed to carry myself every single day? Um, I think when it comes to all of our players, including Tori and Bree, it's about our staff helping them become the best players they can be. And everyone's gonna have a different ceiling, you know, or different potential in, in life and in basketball, and anything. And I think our players are doing a great job um, working towards that with our staff hand in hand. Um, In Croatia, I was really, really uh, thankful. You know, Steph Koleja shifted positions because we had some injuries and and we were able to just compete five on five. She's done a great job. Uh, More recently, Germany MAP has taken over some ball handling responsibilities and she is doing a great job with it. So I think it's... I highlight those two, but it's really our entire team. There's just such a willingness to do what's best for the team, you know. And it's easy right now. We're zero and zero, you know. Um, but I think what Jess said is important. Like you know, Jess's goal is for us to stick together. Um, adversity is going to strike. It might. It might strike Saturday in our Brown scrimmage, right? It might. There might. You know, Saint. Saint or assumption might go on a ten-zero run in our exhibition. When we get to the huddle, are we remembering what's important? You know, are we all going to go on our own islands? And I think that's what I'm most excited to see—to see how our team responds to it. And two, my challenge is to keep us on the same page and keep us moving in the the same and right direction when things are going really well, and when and when we're having tough moments. And
1: during the recruiting process, not to harp on the recruiting process, but with Steph, Kristen and Lily being the only remaining players here, obviously they had a big role in you know entertaining some new recruits, whether it be you know class of 24 or transfers that ended up coming here for this season, how big was it that they were fully bought into um, the team for this year?
2: Oh, it was huge. And I talked to all three of them individually and as a group, um, and I'm just forever indebted to them during the transition, being two feet in, but also, you know, representing and talking about the transition, talking about my leadership, um, and really talking about how they could see me as a leader during the recruiting processes with, with so many student athletes on campus You know, when I got the job, it was formally announced on a Monday. I I spent the first day or day and a half looking back, unfortunately, trying to talk with um, or re-recruit three or four players that had one foot out the door here and that were probably going to enter the transfer portal anyway. and. Yeah, I really didn't sleep very well Tuesday night and came in Wednesday morning and I apologize to Steph, Kristen and Lily cuz here I had three people showing up for lift, showing up for basketball work, workouts 2 feet in on what the UMass experience is going to be under my leadership. And not that I was ignoring that, but I, you know, it didn't have my full attention. You know, my attention was elsewhere. And I think once I woke up Wednesday morning and I talked with Kristen and Steph and Lily and Jess, Sarah and I got to work on what our team and who our team is going to become moving forward. Yeah. That's when I really took over this program. And again, I will always have a special place, uh, in my heart and my wife and our family's hearts for, for Kristen, Steph and Lily. I mean, instrumental in helping us become who we've become. And I'm, really excited to see how they've grown as players too there's new opportunity um they're doing a great job at practice and i'm uh, proud of them uh, such gratitude and so you, you've got the exhibition
1: coming up against assumption on the 29th uh again with the new roles and stuff like that how do you plan to split up minutes for that or is it do you kind of have like a starting five you want to roll with and then see like plug-and-play players or is it more
2: going to be open competition, anything like that? Well, a lot of it's going to come down to health, to be quite honest with you. Like If we were playing today, we have seven healthy bodies. And, um, you know, we are going to have a closed scrimmage this Saturday Mm -hmm. um, against Brown here here on campus. And, um, yeah, we'll have a starting five for it, but our players know – Uh, There's always a competition for minutes. I've really tried and been clear, direct with them. I met with them at the end of August just to kind of recap the summer. I've met with them all individually at the end of September, just to recap how our month of September and individual workouts and skill development um, went. And I plan to do that again at the end of October. You know, I think maybe not necessarily role definition, but just, hey, this is what we need from you as a team. And this is what your coaching staff needs from you on the court, off the court, on the bench. But I do see playing a a much deeper rotation than in years past. And there's a lot of opportunity out there.
1: Yeah. And I, I mean, I'm sure obviously with the past three seasons having, I mean, it's an amazing problem to have having, for the most part, a very healthy group of five to seven players all the time who have been so, so successful do you think it's going to be kind of a weird adjustment? Maybe having some more substitutions throughout the game, maybe having uh, more position battles. As you said, obviously, there's not necessarily specific roles carved out, but um, just having more of an open competition. Do you think that'll be a weird adjustment?
2: I don't think it's going to be too much of an adjustment for me personally. You know, this will be my 21st season yeah. um, coaching at this level. <laughs> I think. Um, my goal is to make sure that everyone has potential to add value to what we 're trying to accomplish and to us becoming the best team we can be um, that 's my message. I think I just want to continue to stay uh, in front of the conversation on top of the conversation be really clear, really direct. I want my messaging to match jess's to match claire 's and Sam and Yolanda 's um, you know our on our coaching staff and and that's where I'm spending my time, um, making sure and reassuring that communication, that communication with our with our student athletes. But no, I look at it from my perspective. It's it's great opportunity for for all of our players, and it's healthy competition, and it makes us better. Yeah,
1: and I mean, in years past, specifically last year, there was the message of you know we're the hunted or we're hunting, not the hunted, and obviously there was the goal of winning the A10 regular season title obviously also going to the to the tournament and winning games what would you say the has the goal changed this year is it more about more development based is there still that mindset of we want to win the Atlantic 10 or i mean obviously that you want that but um, if you know what i'm saying with
2: yeah sure what the message is yeah, I mean, my goal is going to be the same. It's, my goal is the same for every player. I want them to become the best they can be. My goal is the same for every team. I want our team to become the best they can be. I want us to reach our ceiling. I don't know, I don't have a hand on what our ceiling is yet when it comes to conference play. But that's, those are my kind of overarching goals. And if we're working towards those things i can i can sleep well at night and if we're being really really competitive really really vocal and really really together on the court then we're taking steps um in the right direction on that um i really am proud of what we accomplished in the past um but the you know the individual accolades awards the trophies don't really do it for me um you know i'm kind of like great job what's next right and um I'm excited about our challenges and and I really want to make sure that they remain team team focused. Yeah. Awesome. Great stuff.
1: Thank you guys so much for coming into the studio and getting this first coaches show done and hopefully we're going to have lots and lots of very fun episodes in the future meeting a lot of of, the, of those new coaches, of those new new players as the season goes on, but Yeah, that'll conclude this episode of the UMass Coaches Show. I'm Josh Schreiber, joined by Andrew White, Jess George, and Head Coach Mike Leffler. We will see you next time.